open the word of the Lord to Romans chapter 11, verse 16. We'll read Romans 11:16, then we'll go to Proverbs chapter 3, and we'll read verses 9 and 10. So we're talking about getting the Lord's banquet hall ready for the harvest. Romans 11:16. So the word of the Lord reads as follows. In Romans 11:16, for if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. So what we put first, if that's holy, if the core is holy, then the rest is holy. One time I was listening to a preacher and he was saying that uh, our American numerical system indicates this very well because it's multiples of 10. You count from 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Then the, re the rest is another multiple of 10. 11 or 10 and 1, 10 and 2, 10 and 3. Then 21, 22, 23. Then 100 is 10 tens. 101, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Everything is a multiple of tens. So 10 represents the whole. Then in uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions, with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. It amazes me that God had no problem there in us having barns. And furthermore, he says, you make sure my barns are full, I'll make sure yours are. It's interesting. He never had a problem with people having barns. And usually when the disciples complained, Jesus would look at them as, what are you complaining about? And it would manifest that they had ulterior motives. So for example, when Judas complained that that lady took that very expensive nard and she opened, she, she broke the, the alabaster box and she poured it upon Jesus, he had no problem with it. The one who had problem was Judas. He said, you know, we could have sold that for 300 denarii and, you know, we could have fed the poor with it. But his heart was off. His heart was wrong. And Jesus knew that he was only interested in the money because he was stealing from the treasury. Isn't it interesting? He never had a problem with lavish praise, with lavish worship. He didn't. Why do we? Actually, as, as, as humans, we have no problem making sure that what we think is important is well-funded. If we want a president, we will fund him so he could get elected. If we want a mayor, we will fund him so he could get elected. We have no problem with that. If we like a restaurant, we will make sure the restaurant is funded. How? Well, every time you sit down, you pay the bill. Then you get extras. The other day, we, my, my wife and I, we went to a dinner. We said, that's it. We're going to change. We like the restaurants. So now we order one plate instead of two. And we share. And we're actually playing, we're paying the same now for one plate that we were two years ago for two plates. But we still fund the restaurant because we like it. And we keep on going back for more. So in our heart of hearts, we know that's important for us to fund the things that are important to us. God is saying, if you recognize mine as important, you put it first. I'll make sure your barns are funded. For what? For your stuff. God has no problem us prospering and having more than enough and being conduits of blessing to us. It's not his issue. His issue is the heart issue. Actually, he doesn't need gold. Doesn't need it. It's not an issue in heaven. 
The Bible says that the streets are paved with gold. So in other words, in, in heaven, gold is pavement. People walk on gold. <laughs> the doors to the entrance of the New Jerusalem in the book of Revelation is made of one pearl. You love pearls, yeah? Which lady doesn't love pearls? Imagine having your front door made of one pearl. Think of the clam. <laughs> it had to be a large clam. <laughs> God is the owner of all the gold and the silver. He just wants to see how we handle the stuff. And the problem with most of us, we can't handle the stuff. But God brings us back today. Let's make sure we put everything in perspective because he desires that his people be a light set up on a hill. That we might be a resource center in our communities. And if we do this right, we'll always have more than enough. Not only for our own small needs, but for the larger needs of communities. So that the light of the gospel will shine wherever we go, whatever we do. Amen. Sorry. Thanks. Praise the Lord. So, uh, bow your heads with me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And we thank you that you have provided for us. And we thank you that you're always with us each and every day, every moment you are with us. Thank you, uh, Lord God, for the greatest privilege that you give us to be children of God, to be adopted into the family of God. And uh, Lord, I thank you that we're co-laborers with you, that Jesus is our elder brother. Thank you that you've taken care of our eternity and that you're concerned about our today and our tomorrow. Lord, we praise you today. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would reveal to us that which you are uh, bringing to us, my God, at a heart level. That we might understand the blessing, the power, the mandate of the first fruit. It all has to do with putting you first in our hearts. We give you the glory for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated in God's presence. First fruit is very important. It's very important to human beings too. You get married, and what we do is at the altar is we say to each other, uh, I will give you from now on my first fruit. We might not say it that way, but that's in essence what we're saying. I give you my heart. I give you the best that I have. You're first. I will share myself with nobody else at this level. I will only share myself with you. My goods, my future, my legacy, my name, I share it with you. Isn't it true? Hollywood doesn't understand that. They got marriage du jour. Yeah, it's they married today, next year they're divorced, and following year they're married again. I, I don't get it. They don't understand covenant. They don't understand the first fruit. Between my wife and I, I mean, that's it. We, we, we're intimate. We converse. We talk. We share. We're best friends. And, and I told her, you know, you're it. That's it. And she told me the same thing. And I was 33 years ago. Still going strong. But because we understood covenant. And I'm not saying I never was tempted. She's not saying she never was tempted. People have come up to her. Guys have come up to her, you know. A lot more handsome than I am. Better good looking. Uh, more muscles. And she tells them, go take a hike. Yeah, she does. Because, you know, she made me a promise way back when. And I'm the, I'm the same way, you know, from time to time. You know, all of you know that. The enemy will come at you at the place where your covenant lies. And so we just have to continuously remind ourselves of the covenant. 
Covenant is very important to human beings. Covenant is also very important to God. God doesn't shack up with anybody. He's not a one-nighter. He only marries. And that's what the first fruit ultimately is all about, in putting him first. See, once he's first, everything else will fall in line. Once he's first, you know what to say no to and what to say yes to. It's easy. You know it. Your flesh might fight you on it because your flesh is spoiled. Your flesh just wants stuff. You know? Your flesh is just like a little baby. I want it. I want it. So you've got to learn. You, you, you develop your spirit, man. And you say, no. Cállate la boca. That's it. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Yeah, no, we have to really. We really have to learn how to master our flesh. Most of our problems in life are based on the fact that we allow our flesh to come to the ascendancy. And we think that we have no other option. You know, you could tell your, your flesh, uh, no more diets, but you're going you're gonna to eat right. You know, you could tell your flesh, you're going to exercise every day from now on. You can, but most won't, because they think they can. They think that, oh, I, I can't. No, it, all it is, is that you're out of order in terms of who's ruling who. Is your flesh ruling, or is your spirit man ruling? I'm getting no amens right now, but that's all right. <laughs> That's what, a, that's what a person who knows how to discipline himself understands, himself or herself. They understand that the flesh is spoiled, just wants its way, doesn't care about legacy, doesn't care about tomorrow, just wants it now. I want the haagen and I want it now. Right? I want to spend it, and I want it now. I want those... $300 sneakers, and even though I don't have the money, I want it now. So if I can't have it now, I'll get a gun, I'll go to the corner, see somebody that has a $300 sneakers, and I will just take a gun and say, I want those now, they're mine. See, that, that, what is that called? It's called immaturity. It's the little baby. I don't care if they have a mustache, I don't care if they're 30, they're still a little baby. Why? Because they want it now. They are undisciplined. See, but the, the first fruit gets you back in sync with who you are. It gets you back in sync with your legacy. There is no way that you could build a legacy until you get, in, you, you get a grip with yourself. Legacy is important because God is into legacy. God is into multi-generations. Right now, he's already thinking about your great-grandson. And he's moving on you to get your life in order because there's some stuff you need to leave for your great-grandson. Can we think that way? Most of us can't think past Monday. How's everything? Ah, same old, same old. The Spanish folk, I mean, my cosa de siempre. But for a person who, who, who's, who's thinking about legacy, who's, who's thinking transgenerationally like Almighty God, see, my day counts. Every single day is a day of purpose. Every single day I'm building, not only for today, but I'm building for tomorrow. I'm building for my children, for my grandchildren, for my great-grandchildren. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Are we building an inheritance? Well, you can't build an inheritance if you owe $20,000 to Citibank and another 15000 to MasterCard and another 10000 to Diners Club. We're building their legacy. We're not building our legacy. But God's arresting us today. And he's bringing us back. Who is first in your life? 
So we read the verse, for if the first fruit is holy, the lump is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. And God always demanded first whenever he was about ready to enter into a relationship with another person. Always. From the book of Genesis, what did he want from Adam and Eve? He wanted obedience. He wanted dedication. He says, I give you all of this, but don't touch this specific tree. This belongs to me. And, you know, and God didn't suggest that. He said, that's mine. Don't touch it. He has an attitude about what is his. And guess what? As God, he, he has a right to have as much an attitude as he wants. <laughs> Amen. Well, if he was a loving God, listen, shut up. You're dog owners, you're cat owners, and you tell them what, whatever it is. This is where you're going to sleep, right? Well, actually, not true. I've seen some dog owners and some cat owners really let the dog do whatever they want. But God raised up a mighty man. Who's the name of that person, hun? That dog guy? guy? Caesar Milan. Get him right back in divine order. I'm just, it's just a joke. Most of you don't know who the dog whisperer is. No, but the truth of the matter is, if that dog, if I buy him for $500, he comes to my house, he's going to bite me? Uh-uh, I'm going to bite him. That's right. I'm the alpha. I be the alpha. I remember one time, though, we had a dog and the dog bit me. I was the last day he was in my house. I said, you bite the hand that feeds you. You bite me? That dog was out of there. There's only one alpha here in this house. Amen. But yet, we, we don't want to give God his due. God says, somebody, no, I want to do whatever I want to do. Nobody tells me what to do. And then you slam yourself against the wall. Then you want to look up to heaven and say, I don't know why God's allowing this. Hello? Glory to God. God is first. He wanted the tree. What about Abel's offering? He only accepted the best offering. Abel's brother came and gave a couple of, uh, you know, maybe an apple, a banana, or something like that. Or Actually, it was from the ground. Some root or something like that. But Abel gave the first, the best offering. And God accepted the offering. He was glad. Then Cain looked at it, and you know, he was upset because God didn't accept his offering the way he had accepted Abel's offering. And again, spoiled. So he ended up killing Abel. Wow. And there are people like that today. They see God blessing somebody. Instead of them saying, wow, that's awesome. I want to be just like that person. Not to imitate them, but I want to obey God like they're obeying. So look how God is blessing them. No, instead of doing that, they'll criticize them. They'll use character assassination. Try to gossip against the person. My God. Why don't we just put God first in our lives? The divine order will get us to that place. God says, when, I, when you put me first, I will bless your basket. I will bless, bless your store. We read a verse that said that God is waiting for us to release the first fruit so that he can have a blessing rest upon our household. Now, I don't know about you, but I want God's blessing resting upon my household. I, want, I don't want God's presence just to visit. I want God's presence to live in my home. Amen. It's not like some people, you know, that they might come just once in a while to the church. No, no, I, I, I want to be every day in the church. See, you know, you know what's the church? It's not this place. In fellowship. 
I don't want to visit. See, my wife will have a problem with me if I only visited her home. Come once every six months home. Hey, how you doing, honey? Just visiting, that's all. I, you know I love you? You're the first one. Always be. I don't think that Gwendolyn would be too pleased with that. Actually, I think the first thing I will see is a chancleta in my face. For those of you that don't know what a chancleta is, that's the Spanish version of a torpedo. It is a slipper that has a guided missile inside of it. No matter where they throw it, the kids could run away and make a left turn. The chancleta will make a left turn. Then they go that way, go Bah! Amen. I guess some of you have been hit with that very same chancleta. Why is it important? Why is the first fruit important? Because number one, we're putting God first. And why have we, in this generation, lost that understanding? Why have we lost that honor? Why have we lost that? We don't, we don't honor people anymore. When I say we, I'm not talking about everybody. I'm talking so many in our society, so many in business. In government, we're seeing that. They, they don't put the people first anymore. Now it's about them. In the old days, they would run for one term and two terms. It was part-time. Then they get out, allow somebody else, because it was supposed to be for the people, by the people. Next one. Help me out here. For the people. From the people, for the people. You know what I'm talking about. But yet today, they get in there, and they institutionalize. And within a year or two, they're rich. And they don't want to let that go. It's not about that. It's about the people that you're serving. Why have we lost this honor of making sure that we put things in the proper place? What are our priorities today? We're so out there, we have no priorities anymore. We're losing our anchor. We're losing the principles that made the nation great. The principles of God that bring God's presence. You know you can attract the presence of God? But most people are pushing away his presence. So the first thing of the first fruit, fruit, uh, first fruit is that it's significant because we're putting God first. Number two, we must seek the kingdom of God first. And then all these other things shall be added. We want the added. How many of our kids, man, they see this thing, the, the, the favorite idol, the great idol. What do you call that again? Just goes to show you, I, I don't watch these things. But I see the zeal that these, the children go. They, oh, I want to become famous. Are you sure? Are you aware of what happens to famous children? Yeah, but the money, the money. Listen, money's not going to make you happy. Oh, but it'll sure put a smile on my face momentarily. I guarantee you, if you win the lotto tomorrow, $90 million. You're going to be happy, right? Come on, let's be realistic. I'd be happy if I get 90 million. Huh? This couple that just won the, the mega super califragilistic espialidocious uh, one just now, she's pregnant and, and you know, they're just expecting a baby and they just got 90-something million. Not, not too shabby. You know what's going to happen? 
they're going to lose their life as they know it. Because now their uncles, their aunts, their cousins, their second cousin from their first wife, from their second grandmother, three times removed, the entire first grade, the first grade teacher, everybody's going to be after you. You're not going to experience a day of peace in your life. They're going to have to move, and if they don't, they will experience a lot of pain because it's the nature of that thing. So don't be so quick to just want money. Want your purpose. Understand who you are and flow in that. Whenever you know who you are, resource will flow to you. Resource always flows to purpose. Resource always flows to vision. So don't seek to, to be like him or be like her. Seek to be who God made you to be. Because then all the resources will come so that you could effectuate the very thing that God called you to be. Because there are never a lack of resources. There's always a lack of purpose. There's always a lack of vision. So the reason why we want to put God first is not only because he demands it, not only because you have to seek the kingdom of God, but also when you put God first, he will show you your purpose. What is your purpose? I'm not sure. That's all right. Connect with God. Develop a prayer life. Seek God. And he will speak to you. He will reveal to you line upon line, precept upon precept. He won't reveal the whole thing in one shot, in one fell swoop. He won't do that because then you won't want to do it. When God first called me, I was, I think, 15 or 16 years old. I was in my future mother-in-law's house. We were sitting down having Bible studies. I was with my girlfriend, Gwendolyn, at that time. And we were just sitting down having Bible studies. And she was teaching me. I knew nothing about the Bible. I knew nothing about the church. And so while she's studying the Bible and, you know, she's sharing with us the scriptures, um, she goes, oh, by the way, the Lord just finished telling me to tell you you're going to be a pastor. And I said, what's that? <laughs> I knew, I'm telling you, I knew nothing about this. And so I said, oh, okay, I'm going to be a pastor. Ooh, nice. Woohoo! I'm going to be a pastor. If I would have known. All I was going to go through. All of the issues, all of the challenges, the pain, the sufferings sometimes, the misunderstandings. If I would have known all that, I would have said, hmm, Lord, why don't you just make me a good pew person? I'll pay my tithe. I just come every Sunday. Once in a while, I'll, I'll sing in the front. I'll sing next to Al, you know. Shabbat, praise the Lord. I do, you know, once a month I'll do that. <laughs> he won't tell you the whole thing. What he'll do is he'll equip you. Line upon line, precept upon precept. The other thing is that he desires to get resource to you. How many of you want resources? Resources means training, wisdom, finances, real estate. It means, what was that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Favor, favor of God. Connections, divine connections. Uh, you know, when God wants to bless you, you know what he does? One of the first things he gets over to you is a relationship. He'll bring somebody to you. He'll connect you with somebody that will get you closer to God. Or that has the answer to your question or the answer to your need. Some of the greatest things in life you'll get is not money. It's not cars and, you know, fancy stuff. Relationships. I'm a rich man. 
not because I have a million or two million in the bank. Oh, I guarantee you I don't have that. That's not, I'm not trying to say that. What I am rich in relationships. If I need something, I could just go into my mind, into my data bank. The data bank of my mind is, yeah, my brother, my sister here, my friend here, my coworker there. And in the relationships, I try, you know, once they part, you know, because most relationships don't last forever, but they can remain. And they can remain strong. See, because maybe your job might take you to another city. Or, or maybe God calls you to do something that would preclude you from staying in this place. Now you've got to go over there to effectuate your call. So you don't get to see the people the way you used to. Maybe you were in third grade and you have a best, best, best friend there. Well, now you've got to go to the fourth grade. And suddenly he went to SP1 and you went to SP2. What's that? Well, in the 70s, that's what they used to call it. I don't know what they call it now. Special persons, whatever. Huh? SP, yeah. I was an SP1. No, SP in my day. SP was like the number one class. It had the highest ranking math, highest ranking. It was crazy. It was hard for me. But I had a high reading score. So they would always put me there and I would always suffer. So because of that, you know, my friends who were all sports guys didn't get into the class, but they got me in there because I was like high, you know, high score in reading. So I was with nerds. Nerds! And back then, I didn't know they were going to rule the world one day. They still do. Eh? You're absolutely right. But relationships are the most important thing. So look in your mind's eye. Who are your friends? Who are those that God has brought to you? And sometimes by the very token, look at this. Sometimes God has to separate you from some people because they will no longer serve your future. They will no longer serve your destiny. So sometimes God has to separate you from a certain core or a certain group, and then he links you with others that are going to help you in your next level. That's why it's important, as you're seeking God, that you also be very careful who you link with, who you're going to marry, who you're going to hang out with. Very important. Don't just marry the first bloke that comes over. Don't marry the first guy you see. Yeah, but he looks good. He's got that six-pack. Well, maybe the man of your destiny might not have a six-pack. He might only have a one-pack. <laughs> or, or no pack. <laughs> but yet... <laughs> Will you let me finish preaching? But yet, we have to be careful. We have to pick by the Spirit of God. We have to pick, really, really sense who we are. Not just let the flesh, once again, the flesh. You have to understand where to put the flesh in, in its place. One of the relationships, I'm going to put somebody in the place. I'm going to put somebody on the spot right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, don't worry. In 1980, I don't know, 1981, 1982, I, I went to school because I wanted to learn. So, I, uh, I joined up with our union school, and I had such a wonderful time. We learned about plumbing, carpentry. We learned about uh, plumbing, carpentry, electrical. And it was hard because we would go every Tuesday, every Thursday. And this was at, well, 7.30, no, 6 to 9, two times a week for an entire year. So we developed a little group. We would go from lunchtime, 7.30 to, 7 to 8 o'clock, I think it was. 
before, 7 to 7.30. So we'd go out, have a little pizza, go back to school. It was hard. Because meanwhile, we have full-time jobs, raising families. So in that process, we developed a friendship with a couple of guys, but one guy stuck. And this one guy, we learned together. We, we both entered our industry together. We became successful in the industry that we serve in. We've served God, even in the same church. And uh, one of the past elders of Calvary Christian Fellowship is here today. He served in this ministry. They went on to do other things the Lord called him to do. Literally made an album together in the church. We made an album. Oh, we go back a long way, this church. We've been, this church has been alive since 1984. And I would like just for him to come here a moment, just greet you. His name is Dominic Agostini, and he's my friend. And he's also a past elder of this ministry. Dominic, will you come here a second? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Come on up, come on. Amen. You cannot keep a low profile, <laughs> sir. Praise the Lord. Greet the congregation that you have been a part of the last one. First of all, awesome. This is beautiful. This is, I'm sitting there and my mind's going back. Yes. It's uh, wonderful to be here. It's uh, special for me to be here, actually. There's a lot of uh, deep-rooted history between us. And we're, we're the old guard. We came up the rough way, you know, where you sacrificed and uh, study hard to be approved. And um, God was good. God was good. It's a wonderful relationship. I've traveled many places around the world, and every time I got a little situation, I always think about how this warrior right here and I would, uh, oh, my God, look who's there. I feel like Doherty and <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. There's no place like home. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you have an awesome pastor. I guarantee you that. Amen. I know you don't know me that well. Some of you do, but you have an awesome pastor. This man was called upon God from the first day I met him and laid eggs in him, and we looked at each other, and we knew we had destiny. Uh, God is good. I actually am visiting. Uh, I wanted to express my appreciation for how gracious this uh, ministry uh, was to my family and I. Uh, upon losing my father, 11 days apart from losing my mother during the holiday season, um, we couldn't find a place to hold a memorial service. And he spoke about there are a few people that you have connections with and friendship with that you could pick up and call. And he just made it happen. And I can't thank him enough. My brothers expressed their appreciation as well. They can't thank this ministry enough for, for how gracious you was to house us that evening. It was important to the family because, I, you know, I have a house upstate New York, and it would have just been a little unreasonable to take everybody up there. And, uh, but uh, God is good, and, and, and all the time God is good. And I, just, I was just enjoying myself with that. I didn't think you were going to pull that on me. You know? <laughs> By the way, how do you stay so good looking like this? Eh? <laughs> Fasting in prayer. <laughs> anyway god bless you um thank you for having me uh, victor thank you for everything pastor reverend we gotta remember the titles and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm you know we're pals so you know you gotta when we're together you know anyway thank you god bless and uh, I, I truly appreciate your presence and the house of god today thank you sir hallelujah
Relationships, very important. You keep them. You don't discard them. You honor them. And um, I'm, I'm just uh, three, like three, four weeks ago, remember another gentleman came over all the way from Massachusetts, and he's asking us now to cover his church. I don't know how we're going to do it, but I don't care. We have to. We have to do whatever it takes. A couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Pastor Adonis come with his congregation. We had a lot of fun there. This all based on relationships. The greatest thing you can have is relationships. Number one, relationship with God. And then with those that God gives you the privilege in your life journey. And then another thing about putting God first is he's interested in getting resources to you. Deuteronomy 8.18. It says that God gives us the power to acquire wealth or resources for his purposes so that his covenant may be established. So in this year, I'm looking at the year and I'm saying, Lord, give us wisdom. Give the congregation wisdom because we're going to see a lot of ups and downs, a lot of confusion. We're going to hear a lot of rhetoric uh, from our government. Uh, you know it's an election year, so a lot of people are going to say things. It's going to be hard to know what to believe. You're going to need the Spirit of God. You're going to need relationship with the Spirit of God because I'm about ready to tell you something. You might not agree with me, but at least let me just sow that seed. How many of you know Joseph did not have a master's degree in Egyptology. <laughs> what he did have was a relationship with the Spirit of God. Amen. And even though there were more qualified men that were walking with Pharaoh, talking about top gun guys, top flight guys, that knew all about Egypt's history, Egypt's laws, none of them were able to handle a specific crisis that came upon the scene. But yet the Spirit of God equipped Joseph to be the answer, to be the resource. Before that, you know how Joseph went through some issues, some processes. But God was preparing him for such a task as that. To be able to stand right by the number one person in that geographical area, in that time, period, time frame. And yet the Lord gave him word, wisdom, understanding for an entire nation and the neighboring nations, right? It's happening this year. I believe, and I'm speaking to your spirit right now, that God's going to speak to us in different settings. He's going to speak to us in our businesses, in our workplaces. He's going to speak to us in this ministry. He's going to speak to us in our communities. And you need to be listening because it's going to be a word of wisdom, a word of understanding, a word of knowledge. You know, there are varying gifts of the Spirit. Some people say there are nine gifts of the Spirit. There are actually more. It's not just nine. It's more gifts. But one of the gifts is a word of wisdom. A word of wisdom is when God gives you a fragment of understanding as to how to handle something suddenly that you would not have in the natural. Right? And I believe that He's going to give you a word of wisdom this year. So get ready to be the resource. He's going to give you a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is a momentary fragment of knowledge that you did not have at that moment, but yet God gave it to you. And you became the answer. You became the resource. And it's not for you to boast. It's not for you to think, you know, I'm Mr. Big and Bad, you know, Miss Big and Bad. No, it's for you to serve those that God has called you to be next to. So understand that. There's going to be a lot of issues, financial issues. There's going to be a lot of worry. I believe that very possibly uh, here in the United States there could be another downturn in the stock market. 
and it'll probably be short term, but I'm just telling you in advance so you can be prepared for it. It's not for you to get worried. What you should do is you should learn a little bit about finance. Why? Because the book of Proverbs says that every person should know the state of their flocks and their herds. Don't allow somebody else to handle your financial future, your financial legacy. You be in charge. Well, I don't know anything about stocks. Well, learn. Study, research, don't be lazy. Oops, did I say that? <laughs> don't be lazy. I fired my broker, and I said, hold on a second. I work for this thing, and I hand it to him, and I give him $100, and he gives me back 50 Hello? That is not working for me, because I'm building a legacy. I got to hand off some of this stuff to Judah. You don't know who Judah is? my first grandson well you gotta hand off something to somebody too and not just natural children also community wouldn't it be cool if your last name was Buffett right now Warren Buffett you don't know who Warren Buffett is you need to study finance Warren Buffett is like only he's only like a gazillionaire and the man he's he's handing off uh, who's the Microsoft guy the Microsoft owner Gates he's, he's handing off billions to Gates for Gates Foundation and Gates Foundation is going to hand off money as per what they think is important but wouldn't it be cool that at your funeral your body's there and all your children your grandchildren are there all right <laughs> grandpa we loved him so much how much did he leave you yeah well man he was generous with me Leave a school, leave a church, leave a center. That's what we need to do. We need to outlive. Oh, how many of you are leaving uh, songs? How many of you are leaving books? How many of you are leaving businesses for, for our grandchildren to be employed? Pastor, I, I, you know, I can't get into that right now. Man, I own $30,000. So pay it off. Yeah, that's hard. Uh, I did it. You did it. How much did you and this pay off? Fifty thousand. What do you do? You just disciplined? Five years. And you paid it off. It's simple. Just spend less than you earn. Because, see, once you have all the money coming in, and then you pay your basic bill, but you don't have to now fund Visa. You don't have to fund MasterCard. Now you could use it for the kingdom of God. Now you could use it to put your child through school or your grandchild or, or somebody in the community. The Lord will speak to you. Believe me, he will guide you. So out of this relationship, you now become a resource. And I believe that he's going to allow us with our own eyes to see that in the coming days. Amen. Now, back to this year. Don't get confused. Get active. Get knowledgeable. Amen. Do you know the name of the stocks now? Do you know the name of ETFs? Start learning about it. It's so hard. I never got into that before. Yeah, I know. It happened to me too. When I first started studying, my brain wanted to explode. But that's just the beginning. As soon as you get in, after a while, your brain says, oh, I like this stuff. And now you know what I'm doing? Every time the stock goes down, I make money. Every time the stock goes up, I make money. How's that? Because there are ways to make money on the way down, ways to make money on the way up. 
What's the only way I can't make money? If I don't have any, if I'm giving it all up to Visa. So if I have $100 now, I don't go, ooh, 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 $100, what can I do to spend it? No, I put it aside, I invest. And so when a stock comes that I like, I, I lost everybody, I lost about 80% of people. <laughs> you go, you're talking about, man, if I get $100, man, I gotta do this, I gotta do Listen, I have to share this because we're coming to a place where we might go to temporarily a rough patch. So you have to have enough in the bank to sustain you and your family for a week, maybe two weeks, maybe a month. And what happens if you put $10,000 away and nothing happens? Oh, pastor, messed up. Uh, no, I won because you were able to put some money away. Hallelujah. You know we are at the worst place in savings as a nation right now? We're at a negative savings right now. But God's turning it all around for his people. He's saying, snap out of it, wake up, put me first, and I will give you the wisdom this year to be able to prosper. The Mayans are saying that it's the end of the earth. Listen, don't listen to that nonsense. 2013 will come. The elections will happen. 2014 will come. It's not going to end. I don't care what that movie says. These are legends. Don't let, don't, don't let that mess your mind up. Become a person of purpose. Say to your neighbor, you are a person of purpose. You are a person of purpose. Amen. You are a person of purpose. And in closing, I wanted to remind you of what we shared last week. You are a person that possesses seeds. Seeds are also important to the first fruit because what we sow first is what we can reap. Because if we wait till we sow second or third, the thing that comes up first might steal the energy from the other stuff. So I have seeds. I'm going to sow them and I'm going to put them first in the kingdom of God. I'm going to put them first where it belongs. My first ministry is to God and family. I'm not going to give greater time to my job. I'm not going to give greater time even to the church. You know, there are men that are, let me see, there are men that, ministers that are committing adultery with ministry. If you love God's wife more than you love your wife, that's a sin, right? It's adultery. The church, it's God's bride. And there are men that will put their family to the side because of, in the name of ministry. No, I got a minister. Excuse me. This is first. Your wife, your children. That's part of your ministry. So we cannot neglect our wife and children in the name of anything, business or anything like that. Some men are angry at me right now. No, we see, as men, we are affirmed by what we produce. So our jobs are important to us. And even in ministry, sometimes we get lost in it. Then we neglect our families. Now I want to get you back. I want to get you back. Get you back to your center, your core. We need to honor our relationships. God's first. And then, so we sow seeds heavenly. And we sow seeds toward our families. Your seed will always bear according to its kind. What did you sow this year? This last year, 2011. Did you sow for friendship? Did you sow for your future? Did you sow love among your family? What did you sow? What did your actions do? Did your actions bless other people? Did your actions draw people to God? 
Or did you get caught up with nonsense? Did you get caught up with the wrong crew? Did you get caught up with the wrong purpose? So you know what you do? Change it. Change it. Somebody once said, you make your bed, you have to lie in it. Partially true. If I make my bed and I don't like it, I can change the sheets. I could change the mattress. I could change the bed frame. Whatever I need to do, I can change it. So say to the neighbor, I'm changing the bed sheets. I'm changing the frame. I'm changing the mattress. See, the, the devil would like you to think that that's it. You're stuck. It's over. No, it's not. It's time for a change. Say to your neighbor, it's time for a change. <laughs>